Hello, I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, Senior Pastor at the Good Old Missionary Baptist Church here in Houston, Texas. I want to thank you today for being with us. Let me thank you for the privilege of your time because I know you could be so many places, streaming so many services. You have taken time to be with us, and I want to thank you for that privilege. Now, listen, if you like us, Please like us and share us with family members and friends. Let them know there's never been a better time for hope in the midst of all that is going on. We seem to be turning the corner. I think some people are moving a little prematurely. That's my own personal opinion. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on. But let me suggest to you that as before, we can rejoice because God is on the throne. Our scripture reading today will come from the 28th division of Psalms. Psalm 28, beginning at verse 6. Here is the word of the Lord. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults and with my song I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. This is the word of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we thank you and bless you for this wonderful opportunity and privilege to lift our voices in song, to give you the glory and honor, to lift our worship through the preaching and teaching and reading of your word. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus that our worship will be acceptable in your sight, that you would see it as a sweet-smelling sacrifice offered to you. May you be glorified by all that transpires on this day. May your people be edified. And may the devil be horrified and terrified by the life change that will take place as the life-giving word of God goes forth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the month, this first Sunday of March, and we celebrate, as is our custom, the Lord's Supper, the Holy Communion, on every first Sunday. For those of you who have your communion packets out and ready, God bless you. For those of you who have created your own communion at home, we pray and ask God's blessings upon you as well. Because we believe that this is a time of worship. This is a time when we literally gather together, regardless of distance, with saints through the ages and saints in various places to celebrate this spiritual meal. Uh, the Bible says that each of us should examine ourselves so that we do not eat or drink damnation to our own souls. And that word uh, unworthily is an interesting word because uh, to eat or drink unworthily does not refer to your spiritual status or my spiritual status. It does not refer to our sinlessness or our ability to sin less. 
because the Bible says that all of our righteousness is what? As filthy rags before the Lord. But that word for unworthy, not eating or drinking worthy of the elements, really speaks to and addresses the worth and the value that we give to these elements. That when we come, that we recognize that they represent the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That they symbolically put us in touch with that meal that was celebrated prior to the crucifixion. That, that Marty Thursday, that, that meal when the Passover meal uh, was given now extraordinary significance after Judas had left, Jesus took those elements, the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine and blessed them and gave them to his disciples and told them to eat and drink. And as often as they do that, they should do so in remembrance of him. And so we come today to remember what the Lord has done for us. And in remembering what the Lord has done for us, we should be reminded of what the Lord expects from us. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. And sinners who plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilt and stain. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, lose and wash all my sins away. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today at this table. Father, we thank you uh, for the privilege of being able to participate in this act of worship. We pray now, God, right now, that you would forgive each of us of our sins, of thought, word, and deed, of omission, commission, the things that we have done overtly, covertly, and inadvertently. God, we pray now in the name of Jesus that there is nothing in our spirit that would hinder us from having clear fellowship with you. Where others have an ought against us, God, we ask that they would forgive us. And where we have ought against another, God, by your Holy Spirit, give us the power to forgive them. God, we pray that the fruit of the bread and the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine, that it would be consecrated to represent your body and represent your blood. And as we partake of it, God, help us to remember the ultimate sacrifice that you made for us, that you gave your life, that we could have a right to the tree of life. And remind us as we partake that as we eat and drink, that it would strengthen our spirit man, our spirit woman to become all you want us to be. We ask these blessings and more in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your communion elements, if you would Take them into your hand right now. And let's prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper together.
The Bible says on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and after he blessed it, he broke it, gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. It might be hard for you to really fully grasp this, but even though that Lord's Supper was celebrated for the first time over 2,000 years ago, the Lord saw you and your need, and he gave his life for you. Come on, repeat it after me. Say for me. Yeah, for me. He did it for you, and he did it for me. Let us eat and partake of this together. Amen. Likewise, when supper was ended, he took the cup, the fruit of the vine, and after he blessed it, he poured it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take drink. This is my blood. This is the new covenant. No longer, my brothers and sisters, would we be obligated to the blood of bulls and lambs and doves that at best could cover our sins. The blood of the Lamb of God was so pure that it would wash our sins away. He said, as often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. The writer of Hebrews said, without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission of sins. Let us drink and remember his shed blood on our behalf. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to worship around this table. We pray now that our worship will be acceptable in your sight, that our offering around this table has been pleasing to you. We give you glory and honor, and we thank you for the privilege. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for participating with us in this Lord's Supper celebration. We, we pray God's richest blessings upon you. Listen, it's the first Sunday in March, so you know what that means, right? It's birthday Sunday. All of the March birthdays, wherever you are, stand on your feet. Man, listen, if you're with some family members or friends, go on and act a fool. Let them know it's your month. It's your birthday month. Come on, we're going to sing happy birthday to all of our March birthdays, all right? Come on, hit it, maestro. Well, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Well, we're singing happy. Oh, Lord, happy birthday to you. Well, you look good. Don't you know you look fine? We hope you have. Oh Lord, ooh, we're singing happy. Yeah, hey, we're singing happy. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, oh yes. <laughs> Listen, I I pray, man, you have a great great birthday. I pray you have a great celebration. I pray you have a safe 
birthday celebration. Now for our friends who are watching around the country and around the world, you probably saw it on the news. The governor of Texas has said he is reopening the state 100%. 100% of the restaurants are open, their seats are open, bars are open, fitness centers are open, and you don't have to wear a mask. And I want you to know, I'm not saying the the, the governor's the devil, but I want you to know the devil's a liar. I'm wearing my mask, y'all. I'm wearing my mask. I'm still requiring it on campus. Listen to me carefully. We can't, how many times, how many times are we going to get just to the point where we can put this behind us and then we reopen and we see it explode again? Vaccines are coming. And my prayer is, is that as you have an opportunity, you'll get the vaccine. I'll talk a little bit about that later on. But listen, I'm going to keep on wearing my mask. I'm going to keep on doing what I need to do, not only for me to stay safe, but to help other people remain safe as well. All right? Now listen, you pray and do what you want to do. I'm following the doctors. Y'all hear me? I told you before, I'm not following politicians. I'm following the doctors, and I want to follow politicians who are following the doctors. You know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm following politicians as they follow the doctors. When you stop following the doctors and you stop following the science, I stop following you. So I'm going with the doctors, y'all. And it's not until the doctors say it's safe that we are going to reopen our campus in full fashion. All right? Listen, Elder Taylor and the praise team are here, and they're going to minister in song. And following that, we'll have our word for today, part two of the message we started last week. All right? God bless you. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise. How many of you know there's nobody like our God? Do I have a witness? Come on, clap your hands right there. Everybody say this with me. Yeah. Say, our Lord, our Lord, He reigns. Nobody like our God. Our Lord, our Lord, He reigns. Nobody like our God. Our Lord, our Lord, You reign. There's nobody like our God.
Somebody open your mouth and give God praise. If you know there's nobody like him. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you today. Thank you for who you are in our lives. Thank you for not just challenging us, God, but changing us, conforming us to your image through your word, God. We say yes to your will, to your word, to your way. We surrender everything that we are and that we have to you. Hallelujah. Come on, lift this up with us, everybody. I've been changed, healed, free, delivered. I found joy and peace, grace and favor. Change, say.
Hallelujah. Guilt. Every one of my sins. They've been forgiven. No more change. No more fear. Thank God my past is over. Praise God. Praise God for those songs of affirmation. Nobody like our God and I won't go back. I don't know about you, but listen, 
there are times when the devil's going to come and, and he's going to try to get on your last nerve and, and attack you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and sometimes physically. And if you're not careful, man, the, the devil will take you back to some B.C. days. You know what I mean, B.C., before Christ? He'll take you to some before Christ days. He'll have you thinking what you used to think, saying what you used to say, and doing what you used to do. But you've got to make a determination for your own spiritual well-being to say, I won't go back. I'm not going to go back to way, the ways I used to be, the, the, the places I used to go. I'm not going back. I'm walking with Jesus, and I'm going to discover what God has for me. Thank you, Elder. Thank you, Praise Team, for allowing the Lord to use you to minister in song. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, thank you and bless you for today. And we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say, that it will be pleasing in your sight, that it will bring glory and honor to you so that you will get the praise, the adoration, and all that you deserve. Help me to help your people. Hide me behind your cross so people will see you, the hope and light of the world. I ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. What stops you from praying like you should? Uh, it, it said that if you want to convict a room full of Christians, uh, ask them about their giving, ask them about their witnessing, and ask them about their prayer life. And you're going to convict everybody in the room on at least one of those areas. Giving, witnessing, prayer life. What, what keeps you from praying? Uh, our text today is very interesting because uh, one of our passages is really foundational. It's, it's a passage that many people have Memorize 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Going to God and giving your burdens to the Lord. But, but what's interesting about verse 7 in 1 Peter chapter 5 is it begins with a comma. In other words, it is connected to verses 6 and verse 5. And, and what we discover when we look back at the context of verse 7, the context of verse 7 really amplifies the content of verse 7. See, see, the ability to cast our cares upon the Lord is tied directly to us having a proper view of ourselves. Humility. Today, for a few moments, I want to continue our series, Don't Worry, Trust God. And I want to talk to you from the thought, being your best in bad times, part two. Being your best in bad times, part two. First uh, Peter chapter 5 is our foundational context. Uh, Peter is sending a personal message to the elders uh, at this church, and he is encouraging them. 
encouraging them on how they are to interact with those who are following their leadership and wants to encourage those who are following leadership, how they are to interact with those who have authority over them, who have a level of wisdom and maturity that they don't have. And then he focuses in on this idea of humility. Now, now let's be honest. We, we don't hear a lot of, uh, of sermons about humility. Uh, humility is not something that we are, are quick to grab hold of and commit to practicing in our own lives, even though we can identify and spot humility missing in the lives of other people. And, and Peter challenges us in this area and, and then shows us the blessings that come with practicing humility. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. If you don't have your Bibles, don't worry because we'll put the scriptures up on the screen and you can read along with us. Now, last week in part one, uh, I shared with you two things. First, I shared with you, you need to learn how to listen and learn from those who are wiser than you. You need to learn how to listen and learn from those who are wiser than you. One of the challenges that we have in the day and time that we live in, especially with social media and people living for likes, is as long as we can say something and we get some thumbs up, we get some likes, we get some laughs, then somehow we are affirmed to think we are smarter than we may actually be. And Peter tells us that what we are basically seeing, and I'm speaking parenthetically now, what we are seeing play out with social media is only an affirmation of the sin nature that exists within us that predates and preceded all of the social media platforms that we have to act out on today. In other words, it's our sinful humanity that wants to be right. It's our sinful humanity that believes we are always right. It's our sinful humanity that has a problem with being corrected and getting information from somebody else. That's why you and that's why I respond a certain way when somebody checks us even when we know we're wrong. Right? We get in our feelings. Now, it just depends on how many of our feelings we get into and how long we stay in our feelings. But you've got to learn how to listen and how to learn. Don't, don't be like the people who are waiting for the person who's talking just to stop to catch a breath in order to interject what you want to say. No, listen and then learn from people because here's what I've learned in life. You can learn every time you listen to somebody. You may learn some things to do. You may learn some things not to do. You may learn what you already know and be affirmed in what you know. You may learn what you do not know, and you can now add that to your repertoire of knowledge. Second thing I shared you need to learn to practice humility with one another. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, Likewise, you who are younger be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, 
For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. This idea of clothing yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, that we are to practice humility with each other, and it's a decision that you must make. That idea of clothing yourself is putting on a garment, putting on an apron. So it goes on over your clothing, and it should protect you, it should govern, it should guide, it should keep you in the way that God wants you to go. And we have to learn how to practice humility with one another. I, I love Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, when the passage says we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We are to submit to one another that we fulfill our responsibility in our marital relationship when we learn how to submit to Christ and submit to one another. Husbands submitting to wives, wives submitting to husbands, recognizing that neither of us are individuals any longer. If we have willfully entered into this relationship, wife, your body does not belong to you. It belongs to your husband. Husband, your body does not belong to you. It belongs to your wife. And how can we practice mutual submission so we can get to the place of mutual spoiling? Boy, you better preach, Cofield. See, you, you can't get to mutual spoiling until you get to mutual submission. And you've got to understand what that means to fulfill God's role and place in that relationship in a way that honors God and edifies your spouse. You know, you always hear people say happy wife, happy life, but I like to say happy spouse, happy house. You think on that for a minute. Here's the first thing I want you to see when we talk about being your best in bad times, part two. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to realize practicing humility positions you to be blessed by God. Practicing humility positions you to be blessed by God. Listen to what the word of the Lord says. The end of verse 5, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, boy, underline that, at the proper time, he may exalt you. The text finds its foundation in Proverbs 3.34. Let, let me read to you the New King James translation, and then I want to read to you the ESV translation just to give you a broader look at this idea. Proverbs 3.34, the New King James translation says, Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. He scorns the scornful, but gives grace to to the humble. Watch how the ESV translates. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. There it is. He gives favor to the humble. God blesses those who practice humility. Let, let me share some things in depth with you and, and see how far we can get today. A, Realize God opposes you when you are in your pride. 
realize God opposes you when you are in your pride. First Peter chapter 5, the text says in verse 5, God opposes the proud. He opposes the proud. That, that word oppose is, is a strong word. It, it's the picture of an army being set against an enemy. It's the picture of a battlefield, right? And, and, and we're going to fight you on every hand. He said God opposes the proud. That literally, when, when you are in your pride, when you are thinking and acting as if you are above others, when you are haughty in your spirit, the old folk would say, when, when you are getting beside yourself, uh, when you think you have the world in a jug and the stopper in your hand, my grandmother used to say, you, you are getting, you starting to smell yourself, somebody else may have said. When you start walking around in pride, the Bible says the enemy you have to be careful of is not just the enemy within you that has allowed that pride to rise up, but you better be careful of the enemy that's opposing you because God is against you. Now, that, that idea of God being against you, if it, doesn't, if it doesn't frighten you, I need you to know it sure frightens me. Um, th those who exalt themselves are in a fight against God, in a fight against godliness. God stands against you when you look down upon others. God stands against you when you feel superior to others. God stands against you when you discriminate against others. God stands against you when you are prejudiced. God stands against you when you are boastful. God stands against you when you are standing in your pride. And, and here's what I need somebody to understand. Lord, have mercy. God will stand against you in your pride even if you're doing the right thing. See, you might be doing what's right. You might be engaged in a good cause, but being in a good cause in the wrong attitude and the wrong spirit will cause God to oppose you. You know why? Because if God allowed you in your pride to be successful, Lord have mercy, even in a good journey, you will take the credit for the glory that should go to God. See, one of the things we know about pride is, pride is glory grabbing. Pride is always looking to be lifted up. Pride is greedy. Pride takes it all. Pride is not into sharing. And, and God says, when you are proud, when you are prideful, he is against you. He opposes the proud. I told you God can bless you. Here's the second thing. B, realize God blesses you with grace when you are humble. God blesses you with grace when you are humble. Look at the C part of verse 5. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. That word grace 
uh, unmerited favor, extraordinary goodness, undeserved blessings. Not because we deserve it, but because we need it. Grace is when you receive what you don't deserve. Mercy is when you don't receive what you do deserve. And one word to describe grace is in the ESV translation, favor. The favor of God. The the text says the favor of God follows humility. When you walk humbly before God, recognizing and acknowledging the value of others, you will receive the favor of God in your life. When you are quick to give God the glory, the favor of God will show up. See, so many times in life, it's a battle, but the battle is not with other people. The battle is within. And sometimes we don't even recognize the battle that's occurring within. The battle when, when, for example, you are offended. Now watch this. You haven't been hurt by what somebody said or what they did, but you are offended. And now you have to stand up for yourself. Guess what that's rooted in? That's rooted in the soil of pride. What are you trying to accomplish? Where are you trying to get? You might just get there if you walk in humility. I ain't going to let them talk to me like that. I got my rights. And here we go in our pride. And now the fight is on. And we are being opposed by God, which means what? Not only that God can fight against us, but he doesn't fight for us. And so now here we are out there battling and fighting other people all because we have not learned how to humble ourselves and say, okay, Lord, lead me and guide me in the way you want me to go. Listen, I had it happen just this past week. Man, I was in a situation I did not want to be in, and I had to eat some stuff I did not want to eat. Um, I, I knew how to do it. I knew the way that it could be done very easily. I was familiar with what the process was. And it was insisted that I go under another system. And when I went under that other system, man, it was chaotic. It was confusing. And, and that's not how I function. That's not how I operate. My brain doesn't work in that. And I, I'm literally, I'm, listen, I'm about to blow a gasket. I'm about to make some phone calls. I'm about to tell people and give them a piece of my mind and let them know, no, this is not how you do things. This is not right. This is not, you know what? Let somebody else do it. I don't even need to do this. I'm, and, and I can sense the Holy Spirit said humility. Literally, the Holy Spirit was like humility. It was like the Lord said, I'm going to remind you what you just preached, humility. And I started praying. Literally, on the spot, in the midst of other people around me, I just dropped my head and started praying. I said, Lord, I need you to help me. Lord, I need you to help me. I need you to help me because I understand that this situation, while it's not the way I would do it, it doesn't mean it can't be done another way. Help me, Lord. I'm, I'm going to wait this out. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to honor you. I'm not going to blow a gasket. I'm going to honor you. I'm praying. And eventually it worked out. And it was an object lesson. Can I tell you what God will do many times? He does it with me, but he'll do it with you as well. Many times what God will do when you are convicted of a word, 
or convicted by a message, God wants to see, Lord have mercy, if that conviction will result in a change of conduct. Yeah. So you know what God does? He said, oh, you were convicted by that, huh? Holy Ghost got you, huh? Okay. Now let's see if you're going to put it into practice. Because a change in conduct is not the same thing as a conviction in your spirit. God wants to see if that conviction is going to change and manifest itself in conduct change. I got the test. Now, let me say this. I think I kind of passed it. I didn't get an A. I'm not going to give myself an A. I, I think I probably was a B, maybe a B plus. I've, I, I vented a little bit to somebody, but in terms of the people around me, I just, I, I just tried to suck it up. So I think I got a B, B plus maybe, right? But here's the point. God had to show me that he was going to get me where he wanted me to be if I practiced humility. Look at Matthew 18, beginning at verse 3. And said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Colossians 3 verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. You see this call for humility? Um, and, and I'm going to close on this. I'll, I'll come back with, with this next week. But, but here's what I want to challenge you to think through. Humility is part of the fruit of the Spirit. And here's the problem. We want to accentuate our gifts, and we applaud people's gifts while we are hypercritical of them when the fruit is absent. Can I tell you something, and then I'm going to let you go. The gift of the Spirit can get you in the room. But the fruit of the Spirit will keep you in the room. Because if you don't manifest with your gift the fruit of the Spirit, then you get put out of the room with your great gift. Listen, I bet everyone who is watching right now, Holy Spirit, help me right now, I bet every person can think of at least one opportunity in your life when your gift got you in and your mouth got you put out. Your gift got you in, your skills got you in, but your attitude got you put out. And if you haven't experienced, I bet you you can think of at least one person that that is true. You can think of somebody who's gifted and talented, who right now has the gift and the talent or had the gift and the talent to be great in a respective field. But guess what? It was their attitude, not their ability, that kept them from getting where their gifts could have taken them. Colossians 3 verse 12 tells us then to put on 
as God's chosen ones, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. So that in a very real sense, our fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, can help support and give, if you will, boundaries to the manifestation of my gift. I will go so far as to say this. I know people who have less gifts who are in positions right now, and they're in those positions not because of the size of their gift, but because of the abundance of their fruit. Matter of fact, here's what I've seen happen. I've seen people who were sitting on the sidelines looking at people who don't have as much gift as they have, and they look at them and say, I should be there. They, they can't sing. They can't, they can't preach. Uh, they, 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 they're not as good as I am. Matter of fact, I'm way better than they are, and then please don't have two or three friends who agree with you, and they say, oh, man, listen, you, they ain't got nothing on you. Man, what, what's that girl up there doing reading poetry? You, man, you're a better poet than she is, man. You should be up there. And guess what that does? That just feeds my ego. That just feeds your ego. It just makes you feel all proud within yourself, right? And what we miss is, while the gift can open the door, it's the fruit that gets you in and keeps you in the room. And so I submit to you today, my brothers and sisters, uh, I'm going to close right here. But I submit to you today that you, make a decision. You say, what decision? You make a decision. If you know God opposes the proud and you know God gives grace to the humble, then ask God to help you in your humility. Now, there's something dangerous about praying this prayer. I just need you to know. When you pray this prayer, (laughs) some stuff's going to happen that's going to check you and and check your pride and, and force you to practice humility. But when you do, you will see God do some things to prove to you that he is not opposing you. He is beside you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I pray now that you will bless those who have heard your word today. Um, I pray, God, that as we go forward in this message and in these messages that you would help us to see and understand that we don't want you to oppose us, we want you with us. We want your grace manifested in our lives and the way for that grace to be manifested is through humility. Help us God, guide us so that we can be the humble servants you want us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, my brothers and sisters, let me thank you for being with us on today. Man, I hope and pray that you have been blessed, you have been encouraged to continue your journey to becoming all that God wants you to be in the midst of all that's going on. You know, feelings are natural. Uh, Feelings of anxiety, feelings of depression, uh, feelings of worry, feelings of concern, all of those things are natural. But here's what 
I encourage you to do. Recognize while those things may come at you, they don't have to stay with you. And remember what I said, one of the remedies for all of those negative feelings is to take time and be thankful. And if you have trouble remembering, remember what I said, take that piece of paper, take that pen or pencil, take that computer screen and start writing down. Don't don't just do it in your mind. No, write it down and write down all the things you have to be grateful for. Here's what I promise you. Your attitude will change before you can get to the end of the list. In other words, you cannot, you will not get to the end of the list of all the things you have to be thankful for and say, you know what, I'm still ungrateful. I'm I'm still depressed. I'm still feeling, no, 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 no. You will not get to the end of the list before you start giving God thanks and changing your attitude in the midst. All right? Listen, if you'd like to give your life to Christ, there's a link that's available on our website, on our app. I want to become a Christian, but how? I want to know how to accept Jesus Christ. And if you click on that link, um, there's a video there. We'll walk you through how to give your life to the Lord. If you want to join our church, you said, I want to become a member of the church. I want to thank all of you who have joined our church, not just physically over the years, but those who have joined on the virtual platform. And we've got a big, big announcement we're going to be making uh, in the next 30 days now to really help facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform. And I want to encourage you, if you'd like to become part of our church family, if you're not able to go back to church uh, in person, or maybe you just feel like God is really ministering to you and speaking to you through our songs, through our prayers, uh, through our digital offering, praise God for that. Link up with us so we can continue to help you become all that God wants you to be. All right. I've got to say thank you to all of our volunteers. Um, If you'd like to support the church, um, there are six ways that you can give online. And I want to make it as convenient as possible for those of you who are watching so that you can partner with us in the kingdom building work, not just our members, but that you can be a partner with us as well. If you've been blessed by this ministry, uh, remember, I always say you're not watching to make me a big preacher or make us a big church. You're literally watching and we want to help you become the biggest and best Christian that you can possibly be. But, but I've got to tell you, man, our volunteers have been absolutely outstanding, including uh, a group of ladies, uh, Icon. Uh, Icon has been a tremendous blessing through our church ministry and on their own platform. Um, they have raised money. Uh, we have been helping families who have been in need of repairs, uh, some who don't have insurance, uh, some who did not have the ability to take care of work that was less than their deductible. And, and this is really, really important. I want you to hear me. You know, statistic just came out in the last month that said 40% of people in our country cannot put their hands on $400 in the case of an emergency. Cannot put their hands on $400 
in the case of an emergency. We have people in our region who have not gotten their home repairs done, not since this last cold front came through, this storm, Uri, not even since Harvey in 2017. We've got people who haven't gotten repairs done on their homes since the late 2000s, back when Hurricane Ike and Rita hit. And you know why they haven't gotten the work done? Because they didn't have the deductible. They had insurance. They didn't have the deductible, and because they didn't have the deductible, they couldn't get the work done. And so ICON has been one of the groups that has come alongside us to not only help address food insecurities and, and water and the like, but they've also helped people with cash, with donations. And we investigate each of these requests and we make sure that they have the people that they need and qualified contractors in order to get the work done. And I want to thank uh, this group of ladies and uh, thank their entire team for partnering with us to take hope to the world. That's our goal, that's our dream. So if you'd like to partner with us, again, you can participate and you can give and you can continue to see God do a great work. Man, over the last year, over a half million pounds of food has been distributed through our food pantry. Over a half million pounds, over 500,000 pounds of food. That's a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. We, we were trying to count the water that we were giving out since the storm, and we, we lost track through our partnership with other people. Man, we had pallets come in and, 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 and trucks come in. And, but, but it's all with the goal of sharing the love of God with others. Sharing the love of God with others. And I'm grateful for all of you who are partnered with us, those who have come out physically. We've had 40 to 50 volunteers come out. Other groups have come out and partnered with us. And I'm certainly grateful and thankful to the Lord for all who have been a part of this relief effort. And we're doing it every week. Last week, we had record numbers come out, record numbers. And we're anticipating even more records being set this week. All right, so keep us in your prayers and stay with us. Last but not least, listen, remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. He's doing something great in you. He's doing something great in me. You may not see it, but I want to encourage you to step back for a moment and see what God is doing in your life. All right, until next time, God bless is my prayer. that may be near you. Tell them God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, say it.
fall 